I just got done doing a show with Michael Foster from It's Good to Be a Man. And let me tell you, that guy is a hustler. And I mean that in every positive sense of the word. I just love seeing different types of successful people because we all have our different styles, different ways of operating, different ways that God has allowed us to find success. And he's just one of those exciting people to see just how his mind works and where he's thinking, the things he works on. It's really great. Anyways, I think that's coming out next week. I'll probably bring it up again once I find out when it's coming out. Really great show. If you haven't gone over to It's Good to Be a Man, checked out what they're doing over there. It's uh, really worthwhile. It'll be worth your time. This is How to Build a Tent. Welcome. My name is Matt Williams. Thank you for everyone sharing the show, watching the show, and you guys... I just like peeked over and I realized that this is going to be the 381st show. 381 shows. That's a lot. And I just want to say thank you for all those who have been listening from the beginning, helping this show grow. Uh, it's been a blessing. It's been a wild ride, wild, crazy ride. I also have to apologize. And I feel like I do this every once in a while. You would think. You would think after 380-plus shows that I would learn how to hit the record button on my audio. So yesterday's show, if you're wondering why the audio sucked, like how did the audio suck? You have a microphone right here. Well, apparently I didn't hit record, and I didn't find out until I stopped recording. At the end, I walked away, came back, and I was like, huh, why is the audio recording for the last four or five minutes? Well, it's because I turned it on when I thought I was turning it off. So I apologize for the poor audio yesterday. It's so frustrating as a podcaster. I've heard other people do it too. Um, but what do you do? What do you do? You keep going on. You press on. You don't let it get you down. And you look for ways to learn, improve, and figure out how you're not going to do it again. We're part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Go over to flfnetwork.com. Man. There's just so much craziness in this world. There's so much craziness on the social media sites and all of the denominations. The liberals are coming. The heresies are abounding. And we need good Christian content. And the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network has that. And if you want to see it continue, if you want to encourage us, if you want to be a blessing to us and to yourselves by allowing this content to continue, well, pray about becoming a member. Go over to... Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, flfnetwork.com. Put in HGBT in the memo field. You'll get a sweet mug. You'll get tons of other great benefits. You get $100 off the conference that's coming up at the end of the year. That's going to be really fun. There's a lot of conferences that are going to be interesting this year. And the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network is definitely going to be one of them. Get to go over to Nashville. It's going to be exciting. You know, it probably is a good time to buy tickets with the coronavirus going crazy and airlines cutting back and all that stuff. Uh, just maybe a you know a hot tip if you're looking to save money maybe a good time to uh, do that you know another thing speaking of saving money the Fed cut rates again which oh my goodness are we gonna go down to zero we we might we might go down to zero but I was talking to uh, my loan guy and he was saying that rates actually went up for home loans yesterday well two days ago listening to this recording because there was such a high demand for refinancing 
that the lenders had to raise rates so that they could keep up because they were just getting overwhelmed. And that's a pretty amazing thing to me. You think about just society and people as a whole as stupid, but people have the common sense to say, oh, the coronavirus, oh, rates are going down, I better go refinance. And enough people had the financial intuition to do that that they had to actually raise rates because the demand was so high. And, you know, that was it's just very interesting to me. You would think that, um, you know, as soon as the feds cut rates, well, you could get a better rate than you did a couple of weeks ago. Not the case. And I just have to maybe a little, you know, an applause for us Americans having some financial sense after all. It was really encouraging. But with that said, rates are still really low. And if you are able to refinance or buy a house, I was, and one of the, it was funny, I was talking with Michael on the show, and I'm not going to talk about the show and what we talked about, but this one thing was really surprising to me. He said there's a lot of people that listen to his show that have these variable interest rates for their homes. And I thought that was a lesson we learned in 2008. I could be wrong. So if you are someone like that, who has this variable rate, ABR, 5-1 arm, take this opportunity to refinance into a fixed rate. Do yourself a favor. Do a 15-year if you can. If you can't, do a 30-year and just make extra payments when you can. Lock that in. There's no reason right now you should be in a variable rate. Rates are historically low. They can't get much lower. I don't think. I could be wrong. But you just don't want to be in an interest-only payment kind of loan situation and all that stuff. It's it, Get into a fixed rate. 15-year if you can, 30-year if you can't do the 15. That is my advice to you. Now, I want to talk about something that was really interesting to me that I've been thinking about. And it has to do with... God blessing you and having faith that God's going to bless you. Not talking about health and wealth gospel, but just overall that when we are living lives of faith and obedience, that he is going to work in our lives. He's going to bless our lives when we are walking in faith, when we are doing what we are called to do. But part of that is actually working. And there's been a lot of great conversations going on on the podcasts around, you know, the podcast sphere, talking about how you don't just sit around and be lazy and sit back and wait for God to bless you, but you have to get out there and work. And as you are going out and working and trying new things, trying to be responsible, trying to be diligent, that's when you find God's blessing. And I was thinking, how do you know that though? How do you have that guarantee that God's going to bless you. And I had two thoughts about it. The first thought is, is that there's no guarantee that he's going to bless you in the ways he, you want to be blessed. There's no guarantees that he's going to come through and give you the break that you're looking for. But when you look at everybody who's been successful, who's been around, who's wise, who's been a student of life, all of them have the same same story. That what got them to where they're at is hard work, luck, blessing, whatever it is. 
and maybe a few more points. But it always comes down to hard work and some things just luckily working out. Because there are times where you work really hard and you're unlucky and things don't work out. There's so many factors that go into variables that go into starting a business. And I was thinking about that. And that was it for me where I was thinking, that's it. That that is the evidence that when we work and we are diligent and we're taking advantage of what God has given us, whatever that is, that God does bless people in that way in the work that they are doing. Now, some people call it luck because they don't believe in God or maybe they do believe in God, but they're not giving credit to God for whatever reason. But all of those things are the blessings that are built into this system that God has created, the natural law, the way the world works, that when you are continually not giving up, but working hard, pressing on, trying, making adjustments, there are going to be times in your life where God blesses you, comes along, gives you a break. Some people call it luck, but that is God's blessing. Even to those people, I believe, that don't believe in God, that don't give credit to God, that aren't following him, that reject him, that there are still blessings that are baked into the system and how things work. When you live a Christian principles, even though when you don't acknowledge them as Christian principles, even though you don't acknowledge them as God and how he made the world, that there are still those blessings baked in. And I just think that is incredibly encouraging. And another reason why we should be so great at business as Christians is because we know it's not luck. It's not just chance, but it's the times that God has decided to bless us for whatever reason. And there's purpose in it. And so too, there is purpose not just in the times he blesses us, but there's also the purpose in the times he doesn't bless us as, as well. And so we can go on working, we can go on pressing ahead, not losing heart, doing what we believe God has called us to do, doing what we think is right, and having faith that even not in the blessings and in the blessings that what some people call luck, that God is going to be working in our lives. And it's not going to always be what we want, it's not always going to be when we want, but God's timing is better than ours, so we never want it in our timing anyways, we want it in God's timing. And so when you hear successful people talk and say, yeah, I, you know, I worked really hard. I had really good breaks or I got really lucky. Just remember, that's God blessing these people. It's not just luck. It's not just chance. But God is really in control. And when you start calling those out in your mind, I'm not saying you have to call them out on it. Or you can. I mean, maybe, maybe it's the right situation to do it. But when you remember that and you can call it out in your mind, you think, oh, wow, yeah, God was working there. Like, oh, that was orchestrated in a miraculous way that no one could have predicted or planned. And then it's just more ways to give glory to God and more ways to encourage us to be bold, to step out in faith and to try new things. So that's what I was thinking about. Now, I want to get to another Twitter conversation that I had that was actually really fascinating because it has to do with future technology bakes in the coronavirus stuff and trade, production, all of this stuff. And it was really interesting. And I think this could be a solution for manufacturing in the United States in a way that technology really enables individuals to be making money. So we're going to talk about that. But first, I want to talk to you about Kingsman Grooming Products. Kingsman Grooming Products solves a lot of problems for us, uh, specifically us men. It helps with our dry skin, our itchy beards. It helps when your beard goes crazy. 
They have products that can help you comb your beard and shape it into the right way. Ever since I've been using them, they have just been phenomenal for my face. My face feels great. It's rocking and rolling. It's positive. It's very post-mill. Before I was using Kingsman Grooming products, it was very pre-mill, negative, very Eeyore-ish. But when I started using Kingsman Grooming products, I became very post-mill. At least my face did. My beard did. And I've been very happy and positive. And even my wrinkles have been really positive. It's just been a great overall experience. They have great products. It's a Christian company. And you get 10% off when you use HGBT. So go over to KingsmanGroomingPros.com. KingsmanGroomingPros.com. Take advantage of the 10% off. Take advantage of great quality products. And take advantage of the opportunity to bless Christian family, Christian business, claiming the Christian life in their work, in their business. Go over there. Check it out. Okay. So we're going to get into this Twitter conversation that I teased before the advertisement in a second. But I want to say this, this was absolutely crazy to me. And one of the other reasons why... Being successful as a Christian is important as well. We talk about it all the time. I like calling out these examples because I don't want us to have, as one of our listeners, Tori, who's a photographer who listens to the show, has she coined it at the poverty gospel. We hear the prosperity gospel, the lies that if you just have enough faith, you're going to be rich. But there's also the opposite of it, that you are really a faithful person if you're poor and you shouldn't be rich and that you should live in poverty. And that's not true either. Money is a tool. And success is a byproduct of being valuable and using your gifts to the glory of God and providing value to other people. So we shouldn't be scared of success. We shouldn't think that we are being uh, not spiritual by having money and being successful. I was retweeting the Hello Ninja Andy Wilson video because my kid loves it. And it was the funniest thing in the world. There was this social justice warrior, his, her, or her, she, she had on her Twitter, super liberal had no idea, there's no way she had any idea that this movie had Christian undertones written by a Christian author, you know, let alone the Moscow boys. And she was retweeting it, asking Netflix to promote it. And that was so awesome and encouraging in so many levels, but in this one particular way, that a Christian could make such great art and have Christian undertones in it that the social justice warriors that probably hate Christianity was asking for more of it, who wanted more of it. Like we need to be that excellent in what we do that even as Christians, people want more of it. Even as we create Christian content, quote unquote, whatever that looks like. You know, you think of the crazy like Pure Flex and Pure Flex or whatever and the Christian movies that come out. They're so over the top Christian and like they're so over the top. The message is just like driving it home all the time. There's no subtlety whatsoever. There's no, you know, suaveness or whatever. There's no art to it. There's no literary devices. It's just, you know, we're going to nail this into you. And it's just the people that are receptive to the message are all about it. And the people that, you know, are very anti-Christian don't want to hear it. But kudos to you, N.D. Wilson, for being able to create such amazing art in the kids space where even the social justice liberals want it brilliant it's brilliant and i hope that we are building our skills furthering ourselves to be able to do those same things create products create services create businesses like the chick-fil-a's you know where even if they disagree with them they still want the sandwich and they're still making it a part of their lives 
Oh, that's good. Okay. Now, so uh, this is the thing. So production's going PG. We talked about it before that Procter and Gamble's. They said there was like 17,000 products that were going to be disrupted that weren't going to be able to be produced because of the coronavirus. And there's this huge slowdown in the economy because of the coronavirus and the the um, isolation that the Chinese are putting themselves in the containment. And now it's spreading to the rest of the world. Italy, they're locking down their schools and universities for two weeks because it's like becoming a problem there. And I was just talking, I forgot how we even started talking about it, but we started talking about 3D printing. And I was asking these questions because I don't know that much about 3D printing. I don't have a 3D printer. I'm not in production. I don't do manufacturing. I'm not an expert at all. I had one manufacturing company when I was like in my early 20s. And it was nothing to do with actual system machines. And it was all hand stuff. But I was thinking, like, how great could it be? Or is there an opportunity? This is how it started with me posing the question. Is there an opportunity for some rich people to come together and make a capital investment on 3D printing? Go to some state like North Dakota, somewhere where Nebraska, where property is super cheap. And just start 3D printing all of these items that are in demand. And so some of you guys who follow me on Twitter started jumping in, adding your two cents about it. Some of you have 3D printers and we were talking about it and we got to this place where we were thinking of how blockchain could be integrated into this, where we could decentralize production and have individuals with their own 3D printers in their homes or in areas local to shops where shops can order on-demand widgets that they need. Now, it would probably just start with a few simple things that are easy to do where the the error rate is very small and that there's a high chance of success. But I could, could you totally see that? Where if I, let's just say I, I'm a shop, I'm a mom and pop shop in, let's just say, Nebraska, and I ran out of combs and I want to order 10 more combs. Well, that 10 combs, instead of having to buy a thousand combs or 10,000 combs from China, can send a simple order that gets sent to a 3D printing blockchain system. And the house, maybe 10 miles away, has an order, takes it. The 3D printer starts going to work in a matter of a couple hours, has those 10 combs, has an Uber driver or maybe Amazon does like a reverse delivery picks it up, has a three, $5 shipping cost, $10 shipping cost, and boom, you have your 10 combs and possibly the same day. Can you see that actually working? A technology is absolutely amazing. And I bring that kind of up, not just because I want to talk to you about how cool of a story it was that we had on Twitter. I mean, a cool conversation we had on Twitter, although that was cool and you should join in. You should follow on Twitter so you can get in on these conversations. But technology is going to be creating so many amazing things with 5G coming out and the 3D printers becoming incredibly cheap. I was even asking and someone said that uh, um, you could 3D print all the parts for another 3D printer. So you just have to buy one and the most of the parts that you need to make the next 3D printer, you could print on your own, which makes the 3D printer even cheaper. So you could just have you buy the one 3D printer and then 3D print all the other stuff you need. And it basically one printer at the cost of however many you 3D print plus all the materials. Pretty cool deal. 
But I wanted just to bring this up to say this, is that you should be thinking about how to solve problems like this. There is a big demand right now from production in China. What if you could start filling orders with a 3D printer for a local shop? What if you could do something like that? There's constantly things, opportunities, maybe a railroad's coming into town and there's going to be a stop at a place. Well, what do you need? Do you need shops? Do you need restaurants? Like, is there property that you can buy up in ahead of time? You need to think in the future like this. The more you can do that, the more opportunities you're going to be able to take advantage of, especially if you're a hustler. So think about those things. Go out, be successful, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless.